when a dog growls, we should be very grateful to them and say, thank you for telling me, this is really upsetting you. And again, the parent doesn't know, my go, oh, look how so sweet, he's giving me a kiss, oh. And actually the dog is going, can you move away? Are you crazy about chihuahuas? Maybe you're wondering if a chihuahua is the right dog for you. Perhaps you have a training or a behavior struggle. Well, look no further. Here you will find expert opinions, honest views, training and behavior advice, and much more on the Chihuahua Podcast. And now, allow me to welcome your hosts, Kate Masterton and Haley Miles. Over to you, ladies. Welcome to the Chihuahua Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Masterton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Haley Miles. This week, we are also joined by a very exciting guest, the founder of the award-winning Kids Around Dogs, Debbie Luckin. Welcome to the podcast, Debbie. We're really excited to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited too. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about Kids Around Dogs and how you got started, please? So I got started, well, it was a, a few years ago when um, my daughter was about two and a half, three when she started preschool and went nursery and it was time to go back to work. And I used to be a teacher to foreign students and I couldn't go back to be a teacher because I also was a mum. <laughs> so it was a bit tricky. Um, I've always loved dogs, always been obsessed with them. At the same time, we lost our dog, our first dog, Pixel. And that first weekend without him, uh, our neighbours were going on holiday. And I asked them if I could borrow their dog because I was really, really missing uh, Pixel. Uh, and I figured, you know, maybe, although it's not the same, it would just make me feel a bit better. And, and it did. And I remember sitting on the sofa, cuddling Harvey, their dog, and saying to my husband, oh, I wish this was a job. And it turned out that it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started with homeboarding and dog walking. And just within weeks, I was obsessed with knowing more. Dogs just seemed to communicate, but I just didn't know what they were talking about. And so I started uh, learning about it. And then I qualified with the IMDT uh, and then with the ISCP as a behaviorist. And uh, at the same time, obviously, my daughter was growing up and uh, uh, she was started to invite some friends over for play dates and that. And that's when I realized just how many kids were either way too confident around dogs. You know, they were just on their, like in their faces or uh, one even tried to kind of ride my pug a Wilco. It was just, uh, wow, <laughs> you know, like, what's this? At the same time, though, you see how many kids are scared of dogs. Even kids that would have seen us at the, you know, the, picking up a nursery or school. And so they would have seen us with dogs or they would know about the fact that we'd have dogs. So they would still want to come for a play date. And then opening the door, they'd see dogs and just completely freak out. And I really wanted to help both. I wanted to make sure that kids knew how to be around dogs without uh, getting my dogs upset um, or them in trouble. And also, I felt so sorry for those kids that were scared of dogs because I love dogs so much. And I'm thinking, my gosh, you're missing out on the best creature in the whole universe. So I wanted to do something for them both. Uh, so I started looking around what was available, what was already available in the UK, and I couldn't really find anything. Uh, in the US, there is Family Pose that you might know, a fantastic association. Jennifer, the, the founder of Family Pose, is a wonderful woman. Um, 
the only reason why I felt a little bit detached in a way is because they are in the US and I wanted something here, you know, and I found there was nothing. So after a lot of thinking, lots of studying and everything, um, I decided it was time to start uh, CAD, Kids Around Dogs. And we are now over 120 members and we are everywhere across the UK, but we've also got members uh, abroad. So some in the US, Canada, Australia, India, Spain, the Netherlands. So it's brilliant to see just we are out there. And our members, our professionals are already qualified professionals. And basically what they're getting from being part of Kids Around Dogs is almost like a specialization, if you like, in working with kids and dogs. Um, so there are courses that they take to work with families and courses to work with schools so that they can also train school dogs. And um, I also designed a protocol to overcome the fear of dogs in children, which is also part of what the, the courses that uh, our professionals are taking. So now we, we can officially say we're covering every aspect of what I see, I saw was a problem uh, and I'm very happy that we had the solution. It's such an amazing and Im such an important organisation, isn't it? Oh, much thanks. needed, much needed and uh, yeah, incredible I idea. So. Yeah. Thank you. As this is the Chihuahua podcast, does size matter when it comes to children and dogs? You know, I really think it does. Uh, and I believe with Haley, we might have said, mentioned something online ages ago on the fact that... Uh, Chihuahuas are super cute, aren't they? They're just, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, a bundle of yeah. cuteness. They're little. You can pick them up so easily. Children can pick them up so easily because they're little, they're light. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, it really does matter. A child would be uh, or can be much more uh, attracted, if you like, to a Chihuahua because of the size um, and obviously the cuteness. And because they can pick them up, they're light enough, so even a little child can easily manage uh, something like this. So I do feel sorry for all little dogs out there um, because they would be a bit more handled by children and not necessarily in a good in a good way. Mm. They're really a, a bit of a disadvantage there, aren't they? Being so small. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and not only yeah, not only do they live in this crazy jank gigantic world, yeah. they also have the hands. And if they live with children, potentially um, being sort of scooped up um, yeah. at, at lots of opportunities. So, yeah, exactly. A big dog wouldn't have that. And some children, um, although I noticed that with the fear of dogs, size doesn't exactly matter. Like if a child is scared of dogs, it'd be scared of a little one as well as a big one. But let's face it, when a, a child, especially a little one, is faced with, say, even a golden retriever, you know, they they quite lovable dogs but still big um they would be much more scared because they can't handle such yeah. a big size they know that there is no way kind of out of it but with a little one they may think oh I could you know I could actually maybe even hurt them you know even involuntarily I'm not saying that they they want to do that mm. but they feel maybe that they can because of the size of the dog so do you think that some it Depending on what age the children are, do you think that that's chihuahuas are not? And I shall I say this? I don't know. Do you yeah. think chihuahuas <laughs> are not the most ideal breed to have around children? 
you know, I wouldn't exactly say that. Um, but again, education is power, isn't it? Mm. Knowledge is power. So uh, I would say, uh, and I would say this even if it was, you know, big dog, parents really, really need to be there be there and advocate for your dog and your child of course I'm, you know, I'm not saying you're yeah. just favoring your dog but you can never leave a dog unattended with a child so whether you have a chihuahua or you have uh, I don't know a German shepherd or whatever be there and watch them both the dog can get upset even if he's a chihuahua and the dog could hurt the child even if he's a chihuahua and they don't mean to but they're no. often pushing that situation where they go, well, you're not listening to me. There is no way out. I'm going to have to do something mm-hmm. to protect myself. And often that's something, something that we might not like. But we were there to help the dog out of that situation or the child. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm and not I, saying that chihuahuas are not ideal, but be very, very uh, careful. Mm-hmm. And that is for every breed. Yeah. And of course, they would be an age, uh, a more appropriate age than yeah. a non-appropriate age, wouldn't there? Exactly. Um, well, we had Michael Shikashi on, on last week. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> on to the podcast. Yeah, it was a great episode about aggression. Yeah. And he actually said that chihuahuas are small dogs, of course, but some of them can do quite a lot of damage with their, the way that their muzzle is shaped. Yeah. So even yeah. though they're small dogs, they can still do a lot of damage. And of course, if you've, for example, you've got a toddler toddling yeah. over to a chihuahua that's on a sofa, that's sort of face level, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and uh, you know, I, I love the fact that Michael pointed this out. They are little, they are adorable and everything, but they still have good teeth in there. <laughs> you yeah, know? they still got weapons. Like say, absolutely. And uh, especially when we're dealing with children, and especially the little one, their skin is a bit more delicate and mm. smaller, physically smaller. So if you have a bite of a chihuahua on your hand, or an adult hand, it might reach probably what, about maybe three fingers, I would have told, maybe even more, but just going generally speaking, about three fingers. With a child, it would take the whole hand for sure. You know, yeah. a little, little uh, child's hand. I didn't think um, about that with the skin, you know, being yeah, young yeah. skin. and um... Yeah, and especially we know that I believe it's about 73% of uh, bite is on the head as well. Again, a child's head is much smaller. And Ugh. so it would, you know, it would do a really big damage, even if Chihuahua's mouth is really tiny or mm. tiny compared to other dogs. Uh, so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you'd see a lot of um, bites for children on the, on around the lips, don't yeah. you, I think. Yeah. Was that, yeah. is that wrong? Um, yeah, no, the, the, the nice. head in general, but yeah, yeah, lips. And again, there is that uh, idea for the kids who want maybe to give them a good night kiss. That is the uh, one of the oh, most yeah. common thing. Um, and that is a sweet thing to do, isn't it? We all say, oh, can I have a good night kiss? And um, my child is still, you know, she's pretty now, but she's, we still give her a good night kiss and is a good excuse for her not to go to bed. But so the good night kiss to the dog is the same thing. But often what happens is that the dog is in his bed or her bed mm-hmm. and the child goes up and give the dog a kiss, waking the dog up, scaring him, and then the dog reacts completely. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't mean to, it doesn't want to hurt the child uh, who is most likely the one he, he loves a lot in the house. But in that situation, 
even I could probably give you a little bite. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. wake me up. <laughs> well, I guess if you're looking at it from a dog's point of view, and 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 let's be real here, dogs. Um, don't care what we say to them it's like it's our body language isn't it mm -hmm. so if you've got a chihuahua in their bed and you've got a, a child sort of looming over them yeah. and then they go towards their head that can seem very threatening or intimidating to that dog yeah. and they might not, not not know what their intention is mm -hmm. you know yeah um and of course a lot of people do and the education is out there and we're doing our best, but there is um, still a bit of a lack of um, education on subtle stress signals. Yes. On yes. the parents' perspective as well, and they can't read them. So I wonder how many people are thinking now, listening to this, oh, I, I let my children give my dog a, a good night kiss. Maybe I shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> but, but what can, can they do instead? What do you think? You know what? what can they do instead? I, I always recommend, why don't you blow him a kiss? Oh, yes, that's a good My kiss is a, sweet, is a sweet thing, isn't it? And if the child really insists, then as a parent, really, you know, if I can't say no to my kid, as a parent, I could call the dog up to me, wake him up, and one well, of my dog is called uh, Wilco, 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 wake up. <laughs> so I could call him then out to me, he might stretch, and I'll point out to my child, oh, look, he's stretching up because he was having such a good, a good rest, you know. And then he's coming up to us. All right, let's give him a kiss now that he's awake. And I'm mm. like, you know, I'm going to give him a cuddle to make sure that he's properly up, up. Um, but I would really, you know, try to push more on the blowing a kiss thing. Or yeah. if they are already capable, maybe they can write a little note. And if he wakes up, when he wakes up, before he goes for the last week, we oh, that's I really sweet. a note for him. Or draw something as well yeah. if they can't write yet, you know. Um, but something so that the child is happy, you know, that you've done your bit. <laughs> mm. But yeah. uh, we haven't disturbed the dog. We have not um, startled them in any way or, you know, create a situation that the dog could feel unsafe and might have to, you know, react to it. But, yeah, uh, very, very often that is the case of, the, of giving the dog a, a good night kiss that causes trouble. Gosh, yeah, and I love the alternative ideas. They're so cute. I love <laughs> they are that. They're cute, aren't they? We'll do it as yeah. well, don't we, sometimes? How many times well, have I blown a kiss to my dog? Adults do it, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Keeping everybody safe then, isn't it? It's keeping the child happy as well and yeah. keeping the dog safe. Keeping both I, exactly. I always think, you know, having a dog in the house doesn't mean that the child cannot be a child. They're entitled to have their life as well, just as we want uh, our dogs to be happy. Uh, it should be um, kind of equal opportunity for them both to lead their life as they deserve. So while I'm not going to say, oh, no, you're never going to kiss a dog or you're never going to, uh, you know, you're never going to interact with the dog, it's, it's unrealistic, uh, nor is it fair. But I want, you know, I want a safe interaction, a happy one, a positive one for both of them and myself too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so let's look at these two scenarios. New puppy coming yeah. into the home with existing children. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is a human baby coming in with an existing chihuahua. Yeah. So what would your advice be for sort of like the really basic kind of maybe three things that people can do if they have a new chihuahua puppy coming into a home with existing children? Let's go with that one first. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. So I love to have the children ready, as in I am not keen on the surprise you have a puppy today. Uh, oh, or the oh, thing yes. on, you know, the, 
oh, look, it's Christmas, you get a puppy. Oh, it's your birthday. Oh, open the box, there's a puppy. Which I also hate the dog, the dog, the dog waiting in a box. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, my God. But I don't like that kind of things. I, I wouldn't mind to just maybe uh, have a little card with a photo of a dog and go, hey, you're going to get a puppy. That's fine, right? But work with it, with the child, no matter what age. Choose the name of the dog together. Go and have a look at the things to buy together. Involve the child. And in the actual selection, if you like, of the dog. So when you have chosen you as a parent, have done your homework on the right reputable breeder, then go there as a family to meet the dogs. Don't keep the child home because the child should not meet the puppies. No, no, get them involved. And if the breeder says the child is not allowed, that's not a good breeder. <laughs> go and pick another breeder that would understand the importance of children meeting the puppies. This is not only because then the child is fully involved and it's not uh, of those, yes, they get excited, but the novelty, novelty can also wear off a little bit while there is all that preparation. So they have met the puppies and, you know, possibly more than twice. Um, normally we say when you go and have a look at the puppies first and possibly the puppy chooses you, you choose the puppy. Uh, and then when you pick him up, those are normally what happens. I would encourage if possible to see them more as well and have a, uh, a relationship with the puppies before they get home. But also the breeder can also then have a look what family is in front of you. Who is adopting mm-hmm. your puppy? You know, where is your puppy going to go? You want to know as a breeder, hopefully you want to know as much as possible so you'll have a good opportunity to meet the whole family there. And possibly, you know, educate a little bit the kids while they're there as a breeder already. And hopefully you recommend some positive trainers as well. But in the meantime, you can already do a little bit of the job, which is fantastic. So that is my biggest, biggest recommendation there. Get the children involved in the shopping part of things as well. The bed, the toys, the the bowl, you know, all that kind of stuff. Get them involved. Get them to choose these things. Really, it's really, really important. Um, and once the puppy is home, then get the child involved on little things that they can do for the dog. Again, this would be age appropriate. For example, um, changing the water of the dog, that really can be done at any age. Mm. My daughter was really little when she was messing about with the water in the sink. And it was super cute because to fill up the bowl, it would take her about like three hours. It was water everywhere. But so much fun. And she would do it. You know, she would do it. So we then I helped her to put the bowl on the floor because she was quite little. But she did it, you know. And it was it, it's a great responsibility. Her scent would be on the bowl, although after all that water, I'm not sure how much scent is left. <laughs> It was great fun, you know. So the the, uh, scent would be on the ball, so the dog would also know that she's done it. And uh, it's it's a win-win there. And obviously, you're you're giving fresh water to the dog, which is really important. So even little activities like this, all kids can do at any age. And the training as well. Uh, Again, I hope you'll go for a positive trainer. (laughs) And uh, uh, we have all our CAD professionals out there that are qualified to do it. in training, involve the children. Again, all age appropriate. Some things would be a bit trickier. So best for uh, the parents to get some behavior properly established before the kids are involved. But other things can be done by kids, again, of any age. And it's a brilliant, brilliant way of uh, involving kids and dogs there. Fantastic way. Then you were asking if there is already a 
dog in the family and welcoming a baby. Yes. So the other end of things. So a, a human after. baby now coming into yeah. um, where there's an existing chihuahua. And, and many people have more than one chihuahuas as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, a colleague of mine, uh, you may know her, Natalie uh, Kayen, she has, I think, 11 chihuahuas. <laughs> I guess 11 chihuahuas. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, yes. I think I've heard of her. Uh, yeah. So, you know, 11 chihuahuas probably make about, I don't know, two golden retrievers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes. So the dog already in the family, what I would say, uh, help the dog with the transition. Having a baby, whether it's uh, naturally or adoption, is a big deal. You know, your life really changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... Before having my daughter, they, my sister-in-law as well used to tell me, oh, your life will change. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll be fine. Because I also wanted a baby so much. But, oh, my God. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I seriously was not prepared for just how much it changed. Forget about sleeping. Like, literally forget about sleeping. Um, and then resent your partner a bit because he's sleeping. And uh, because of the lack of sleep, everything else goes like... You don't have time for yourself. Even to shower becomes like a challenge. Uh, I love makeup. I've always loved makeup. I hadn't worn makeup for months when I had my daughter. And I, I missed it. It's a silly thing. I, I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> that one thing that makes you look after yourself, doesn't it? And how I, I remember having my first haircut when Molly was probably about uh, six or seven months old. And I had million calls on my phone. She's crying. She's with Speedy. She was this. I'm like, oh my God. And I don't know how I came out with what hair. I can't actually remember it. But I remember it was a very stressful haircut, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, things like this that are about you. That again, I could live with long hair. But it was just something about to look after yourself and to just make you feel a bit better. They all go out the window. And that really does take a toll on a lot of things so um you know yeah and suddenly as well the things I could do with my dog all the time I used to take him out all the time and it was just me and him when Gary was working or uh you know it was just a different world suddenly oh my gosh I need to stay up 20 hours a day <laughs> if I was, I was lucky that one actually it was more like 23 and uh, um, going out on, on walks meant that I was tired and stressed. And sometimes I'm like, I can't handle both. I'm not sure I can keep them both safe. So I wouldn't take the dog out because I would be with a pusher and, and so tired. Um, but very often we'd take them out both. But it wasn't the great walk we used to have, you know. Um, and I would take, keep him a bit more on the lead as well because I had the pusher and I wanted to make sure that, you know, that he was actually with us. Um, a lot of things changed uh, dynamically as well because of the sleeping uh, issue. For a while, my husband was sleeping in the spare room with the dog and I was sleeping oh, <laughs> staying up, um, <laughs> you know, like mindlessly staring at the wall um, with with Molly. So that changed as well. He, you know, Pixel used to sleep with us on our on our bed with both of us. Suddenly, I wasn't there anymore. So and and this little creature was crying a lot, <laughs> like all the mm-hmm. time. 
the smell in the house changed. You know, there were nappies around. There were, well, again, in a proper container, but still, uh, you know, every now and then you had this scent. <laughs> there was very yeah. different. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of things changed. The noises, the, 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 the machine I used to breastfeed, so there was a pump around, and that makes a funny noise. I was, like I said, because I was tired, I was stressed and probably as well, not as, as calm and smiling and as collected as, uh, as uh, I used to be. And while I wasn't prepared for that, not fully anyway, we did try to prepare our, our, our dog as much as possible, you know, and the things that we expected in a way. So the pushchair, as soon as we bought the pushchair, we had it in the house to show our dog beforehand. Same went for the, we had a mosaic basket. We also had a cot, but we also had a mosaic basket. And thank God for that, because she turned out that she did prefer it for a while to the cot. But we also had a cot, and that was one of those ones that moves as well. Completely pointless because she was just crying it. I Me mean, moving it, not moving it, didn't matter. <laughs> she was just crying in it. <laughs> but, you know, we had it. So, again, we had it prepared for the dog. And then, luckily, we had it prepared because we had it almost like in the middle of the room. And like I said, you can, it was one of those swing ones, a bit old-fashioned old because it was actually my husband's when he was a baby. So, oh, really, wow. lovely to, you know, my husband is not, <laughs> not exactly a young lad anymore. <laughs> It was a bit older thing, but, you know, it was it was lovely to have it. And so we put it in the middle of the room, that romantic situation. And then, of course, Pixel saw it. He jumped on it and we saw it swinging quite a bit. And we oh, imagined, no. what, if, yeah, what if the baby had been in there? Oh, my God. So what we do, we moved it towards the wall so that even if, and we couldn't block again because it was a bit old, you know, didn't have that blocking thing anymore. So we pushed it to the wall. So even if by some kind of accident, the dog would have jumped on it, it, it would just, you know, goes against the wall. So it barely moved. And so the baby would have been safe. Gosh, yeah. But if we hadn't tried it before, we would have, no. you know, easily put the baby in there and go, oh, so sweet. And then, whoa, whoa the baby's flying. It just <laughs> really makes baby. you think, doesn't it? It really does make you think about how important prep, yes. all this preparation is. Yeah, oh, my yeah, goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to and test things first. You've got to, yes. you know, just do as much prep as possible. Yeah, kind yeah. of like, or like a dress rehearsal, not <laughs> yeah. a proper dress rehearsal, but you know what I mean? Like little rehearsals. Yeah. Is this going to work here? Is this going to work here? Let's get the dog used to this. Yeah. Uh, all this equipment. And I mean, there's so much to think about. You've got the scent, yeah. you've got sounds, you've got everything else. It's yeah. just it. And yeah. speaking of, of dress as well, uh, for a while I was using, I can't remember more now, the swing to put around your body so that the baby can feed and feel you know, uh, kind yeah. of safe with you, uh, which is really lovely for the baby because it's uh, almost uh, there is a lot of also skin to skin, which is very very important for newborn. But mm. I must have looked like a, a right weirdo with that thing on, <laughs> um, and I wonder what is my dog thinking now? <laughs> what are you wearing, Ma? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, would you say that you know, just to sort of like um, for our listeners who are expecting right now, yeah to get everything that they can use for the baby out and sort of just get the dog used to it. Absolutely. The look of like the sling, yes. um, the, the cot, the pram, the pusher, whatever it is. I've actually got a couple of clients that are expecting in about two weeks oh, and they've got two chihuahuas yeah. and we've, we've got a, like a fake doll as well. And they've been wrapping, yeah. no, actually they didn't get a doll. They had, they didn't have a doll. So what they That's did right. was I said, get some blankets and make, make a fake doll. 
So it's yeah, called, it's called Fake Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> they've been walking around with this baby and, and sort of like burping the baby and everything, you oh. know, and sort of sh- kind of shushing it and everything and walking <laughs> around. Um, just to get the dogs used to this concept of yeah. this thing that they're going to be doing stuff with. Yeah, yeah. I like how you basically, your client are preparing a voodoo doll for them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds very dodgy to me. But, yeah, but we've um, also yeah. we've been because it, you know the fake baby doesn't it doesn't cry, yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. make any noise. So we've yeah. been playing baby sounds through YouTube. First of all, just independently, really really low volume, and then we've been putting fake baby together with the noises. Yeah, and they've been kind of walking around with the with the baby crying and noises yeah. and stuff. But it's you know it's probably not going to be exactly the same, but it's it's something, isn't it? It's as close as you get, really. Yeah, um, and in a safe way, because you know you could also say, oh, I'm going to borrow someone else's baby because my friend had a baby, but you can't risk it with a real one at first. So no. uh, a voodoo doll, <laughs> like. like <laughs> It's perfectly fine. And with technology we have now, you know, you can record a real baby crying. And to be fair, on YouTube, as you mentioned, the uh, crying of a baby are real babies, not like computerized. But you Mm. can, if you want to, you can record a real baby crying on your phone. And then they, as as you mentioned, start with a low volume, which you can easily do it on your phone. And the phone can be, say, on a desk at first and then move it and you know, as you have as well, the, the changing area, you can put it on the changing area because very often babies do cry in a changing area. There you go. You have it oh, there dear. as well. If you are carrying the fake baby, put your phone there between you and the fake baby and it, it sounds like it's coming from... That's a good idea. Baby. In the sling. Yeah, perfectly yeah, fine. That idea. You know, we have the technology we have today, might as well use it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Would you say it's a good idea as well to start changing the dog's routine yeah. well before the baby comes? So if they normally sleep on the bed and you're not going to want to do that once you've got a baby there, to start them in the routine that you want them to be in once you've got a baby. Yes, exactly. Especially because at first, you know, again, on the baby uh, sleeping or no sleeping, everyone would tell you something different. Some babies are, you know, fantastic and sleep really easily. I don't believe those people. I think they're lying. But there you go. <laughs> Mine wasn't. <laughs> one other <laughs> so uh, so like I said my husband for for uh, my husband and I we were lucky we had a spare room with a spare bed so we we did that not great on you know on a relationship as such but you do what you have to do that way my husband could sleep also you know he had to carry on working so he couldn't also be sleep deprived so him and Pixel our first dog were sleeping in another bed and it, it worked very well for us and it's fine but if that's not possible for you then you should have hopefully the baby in the room with you especially at first because they really do need you and don't be afraid to go and give them a cuddle when they cry because they do need you even though you're exhausted and in that case then yes the dog should be somewhere the baby isn't right and if you can't actively supervise as you cannot when you're sleeping then the door should be closed or there should be a stair gate. But even if the baby's in your room, still close the door or a stair gate. If your dog really needs to be in the room with you, that's fine. Maybe put him in a playpen then. The dog can be in a playpen or a, a crate, but 
you can't have access to the baby while you're sleeping and you can't effectively check that you know that everything is fine but routine in general so daytime stuff they will change maybe in the morning you're used to have your coffee and take the dog and then start working uh, or go to work that's gonna change massively when the baby comes you might still be able to have a decaf coffee <laughs> <laughs> chances are it's gonna be cold by the time you have it um so get your dog already used to that if you and just you know you probably are not gonna have that first morning walk because the baby and the feeding and the nappies and you're tired and you're in your pajama at 3 p.m so there are a few options there you can start by hiring a dog walker uh, so that they can help you out with that and but hire them before the baby's there. You want to make sure that the dog knows your dog walker and your dog walker is happy with mm. your dog as well. So that when then the baby comes, meeting this, uh, this dog, the dog walker is not a novelty. Things have already changed enough for our dogs. So hire her beforehand, him or her beforehand, and get them to have a relationship before the dog, uh, the baby uh, comes home. If that's not affordable, uh, or maybe not every day, even sometimes a week is still better than nothing. But maybe you have some friends or some, you know, well-meaning family members that want to help. That is a great way to help. It can be the other way around, like, you know, having that walk that you love so much with your dog, you might miss it. So if you have friends and family that are like, oh, let me know if I can help, do get, do take it, do accept the help. And go, you know what? I really want to go for a walk with my dog. Mm. If you stay with my baby, this is the milk. I prepared it and everything. Those are the nappies. Bye. <laughs> Run. Run. <Yeah. laughs> um, and I guess that's going to be, re- for some people, that's going to be such a lovely break, isn't it? Yes. And getting out into nature and the fresh air and just away from a good excuse as well. I got yeah, exactly. But, yeah. you know, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you need it. You really need it. And I tell you, when... When you come back from that walk, even if it's a, a short walk, it doesn't you don't have to go and climb a mountain. But even if it's a short walk because you're worried, think, oh my gosh, I left the baby alone for the first time. Uh, there is a sense of panic and almost a sense of guilt as well. Because you go, oh, it's my baby. I should be able to do it all. We can't. We can't. And we need to admit our limits. And I know I felt that way to almost to sometimes almost like a breaking point find myself crying you know in the car going oh I can't go everywhere and gosh you have that feeling like you need to be like a super person and and take the dog and the house needs to be spotless and our child is going to grow up to be a genius and obviously perfectly best uh, best dressed and super nicely fed and sleeps (laughs) it's not reality it's not reality so hey as long as your child is happy and he's safe, of course. And you, you know, if you keep your sanity and your mental health in, in good place, that is so important and crucial for, you know, to raise your child and your dog and your relationship with your partner as well. So don't be afraid to to accept or ask for help. Really important points for, for new parents, uh, new mums. So moving on, if you've got children, maybe have a dog and you have other visiting dogs, how would you keep your keep everyone sort of happy and feeling safe? Well, the first thing I would do, I would kind of inquire about the other dogs because obviously I know mine. Yeah. What about your dogs? How are they like with kids? So if I would assume if I'm inviting them over that they already know my dog. So I know that they 
normally get on mm. and they would have some knowledge of children or babies around but it would that would be my first inquiry though before they you know before they bring the dogs i'd be like how yeah. have they met any kids so that would be my first thing and if i if they say no nah, i never see any kid in their life maybe i'm not gonna invite <laughs> them over to the house <laughs> because no. let's go to the park all together and so let's uh, go out in the in the wild <laughs> and then then i would suggest like a, an outdoor walk and yeah because a lot of my clients because showers are so small they're very portable yeah. it's a little bit different than taking a golden retrieve to someone's house because you know yeah. tails wagging everything's going on yeah. everywhere everywhere but for two hours like oh we'll just take the dog because it just fits fits in nicely there and we'll just take him and everything will be fine mm. and that that's sort of sort of what i'm thinking about just because they're small yeah. we have to we have to assess everything don't we yes yes but also if we go back to what we said before um that just because we're small we shouldn't think of them uh, not as dogs they're still dogs no. and they still have feelings and opinion and way of exhibiting those just like any other dog and yes a bigger dog no doubt that could with a tail could whack you <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah. but uh, you know chihuahua could jump more athletically than than say the you know a labrador for example just because it's true more, yeah so there's a different maybe it's a different uh, way of looking at it but that doesn't mean that you underestimate the chihuahua and again i wouldn't change my opinion you know even if you're bringing me one chihuahua three i'd be still asking myself or my friend or family are they okay with other dogs is it okay with my dog when they're going to come in is it okay with children have they met any babies do, do they know what they are have they ever seen a pusher you know i would ask my friend those questions if i didn't know already and again if the answer was no then they they meeting up would be at the park you know i'll mm. go outside because it'd be a bit too tricky to meet indoors and and the thing is, and it's, I'm being very realistic here, when you have friends over and you have a baby, you get distracted. You start to go, oh, do you want a cup of tea? Do you want some biscuits? Do you want a cake? And so you're you're assuming, right, you're leaving the kid there, the baby there, because they'll get there to see the baby. So you're going to the kitchen to make the cup of tea or whatever. And for that fractions of minutes, your friend is alone with the baby and the dogs. And it's very likely that the dogs would just, kind of say together they might follow you for a second to see what you're up to right brilliant but then they might go back and see oh is the baby all right is that newcomer here all right whatever and is your friend as knowledgeable or your family member as knowledgeable as you are and as careful as you are you cannot guarantee that i'm not mm. being you know paranoid but this is this is reality. You will go because you feel like you need to be the hosted, mm. the hostess that you've always been. You're still having to offer that cake that this time you bought down the shop. You used to homemade all the time. <laughs> but you know, you still having to you feel like you're having to do those things. So you're gonna leave the room, go into the kitchen to make your cup of tea. Can you hundred percent, you know, hand on heart say, Yes, my friend would do exactly what I would do? You cannot guarantee that just can't so my suggestion there if you're if you're still meeting the house for whatever reason then have maybe some some space for the doggies so while you're passing on the baby <laughs> pass on the baby game then the dogs are not just going to keep on jump from one person to another to see what you're doing mm. uh, have them entertained with something even a kong you know the usual thing and if three dogs are coming three kongs need to be out you know and if they're problems with 
you know, uh, some resource garden or something, then have them in three separate spaces if you have three dogs coming. Um, but be prepared. And if your friend is not going to be, you can be. It's you be actively, actively prepared. And if you're going to go and make that cup of tea and your friend is holding the baby, call the dogs to you. Go, come on, guys, come with me. Close the door behind you or a gate, whatever you have to separate your friend and baby from you and the dog. And you go with the dogs to make that cup of tea, to prepare those biscuits and whatever. And so that you can be 100% certain that your friend will be there. And I'm sure she'll have a lovely cuddle with your baby while the dogs are all with you. And they're definitely, uh, you know, apart. Or get your friend to follow you. Go, all right, come to the kitchen with me. <laughs> Carry on chatting. You don't have to offend anyone that way as well. Right. Going, oh, we're going to carry on chatting. I missed you so much or whatever. And come with me to the kitchen while I make the tea. Yeah. Chances are you need the toilet as well. The <laughs> Take all the dogs to the toilet with you. Such fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's st yeah, supervision. Yeah. yeah, supervision, yeah. prevention, preparation. Especially yeah. when you have guests, you know. And Well, all the time, but... When you have guests, it, people are never going to be the same as you. And although they, a lot of them try to be very helpful, often they'll give you some advice that they think are right, but they're not necessarily founded. So you can be thankful and say, oh, thank you. That's, that's a great thing. I'm going to keep it to consideration. <laughs> I'm just going to give it to myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Or you yeah. can consult maybe then a and professional then. and, you know, and, and say, oh, my friend suggested this. What do you think? And, you know, and consult with your trainer then. And um, with two hours being so portable, mm. you wouldn't recommend people pick two hours up and put them in the, say it's a new baby, pick them up, put them in the baby's face as a way to introduce them to the baby, would you? <laughs> no, no. You know what, though, we are we are kind of uh, having a little giggle after this. But again, I'm sure you've seen a, a lot of these uh, these ideas are what you see online, isn't it? Social media. Yeah. Oh, so many. Go, oh, look, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially Chihuahuas, because they're as, as you said, they're portable. They're little. Often they're smaller than the baby, aren't they? <laughs> so they go. Yeah, oh, that is very true. Yeah. So you think, oh, yeah. how how bad can it be? But what happens is that by picking up the dog, the chihuahua, we are restricting the dog as it is. And again, being chihuahua, very often they might be used to be carried because a lot of people carry a chihuahua. But that doesn't mean that they have any more freedom, do they? They're restricted in our arm. And then what we do, we're going to put them in front of this new, smelly, yeah, cute, <laughs> cute thing. They <laughs> might make some noises. Maybe the, the child might cry. Or even if he's asleep, it makes funny noises. The, the chihuahua will go, what is this? What, what's going on here? I can't move. I have no decisional power. You're not listening to me. Maybe there is some lip licking, maybe moving his head, but no one is listening because look, oh, they're so cute. Let's take a photo. Oh, that's so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you're growing up together. Oh, <laughs> look, he's your yeah, sister. <laughs> we see that so many times, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, hey, he's cute, isn't it? Seeing babies and children, oh my God, adorable. But yeah. <laughs> once you know to recognize the signs that your dog is giving you, that's when you go, oh, it's not cute anymore. I need to be careful. And they can still interact. They can, you can still have that beautiful family photo. But in that respect, then maybe have a partner or a friend holding the, chi, the chihuahua and you're holding the baby or vice versa. If you can keep a safe distance, you can hold 
baby with one arm, chihuahua with the other. Again, make sure that they are a safe distance and the dog can't reach the baby or the baby maybe a little bit, you know, not no longer the uh, newborn phase, but a bit older cannot reach and annoy the chihuahua as well. Then it can be a lovely, a lovely photo there that you have of your baby and your chihuahua be in the middle as such. Um, but no, I wouldn't recommend putting a chihuahua in front of a, a, a baby's face in a cot or mother basket or wherever else. Uh, the chihuahua is very restricted. Uh, and in fact, very often we'll see those photos where the dog licks the baby uh, or the child. And that is what the family post coined lick to dismiss. Mm -hmm. uh, or a kiss to dismiss, sorry. And that is when the dog licks you to actually go, can you move away? <laughs> mm -hmm. And so that is very often uh, what the dog is trying to do. And and again, the parent doesn't know, my go, oh, look how so sweet, he's giving him a kiss. Oh, and actually the dog is going, can you move away? Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know about if there's an age. Say if you've got a new baby, <laughs> is there an ideal age? that you should have visitor dogs come in? I wouldn't have a specific age as such. Also because you would have, again, I would go back to what I said before. If, uh, you know, even if you have a newborn and your friend with dog wants to visit, I would inquire as to what is the situation yeah. with the dog as he met. So um, you will, especially when it's a newborn, that's when your friends and family really want to see them. I heard it's just born, yeah. they want to celebrate with you. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, you really feel a lot of love. But again, I would go back to the same thing. So I wouldn't, uh, the same thing I said before on making sure that the dog has perhaps met uh, babies yeah. before or children before. And that, you know, I know then how to how to handle it. So again, I would suggest the park if, if it could be a bit of a tricky situation. Or I would effectively say to my friend, oh, would you mind not bringing the dog at this, this time because I'm still a bit panicky on what to do so would you mind yeah. bring it if you know politely and I'm you know your friends if they're friends of I mean they would understand without being offended and maybe when they get there make sure that you do ask about the dogs oh how's your doggy doing I'm so sorry you couldn't bring it this time can't wait for the next one but I'm still a bit delicate from uh the delivery and everything yeah. so most people I would have told they'd understand yeah that makes sense Okay, Hayley. So one thing I don't um, really like to see, Debbie, is kids walking dogs. And I know there's certain, you know, age there's an age limit probably yeah. On, yeah. on that. But I was at a fair, local fair last year. And my sister trains shy horses, and so there was a local fair, and we were in the we were watching the main ring. She was in there doing her thing with the horses, and behind us was a little girl of no more than six, I would say, solely in charge of a miniature dachshund. Okay, and this accent was reactive and it was barking at people barking at other dogs it was it was all at one point got loose <gasps> and went to run into the main into the main oh ring god. Oh my god. and the parents just kept giving her the lead so i've got a real and, and of course you see other kids walking dogs but the kids for me don't have the capacity the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to understand what that dog really needs mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on on kids walking dogs yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, you know, as you were describing that situation, I just pictured it in my head how dangerous it could have all really been. Really dangerous. Ooh. So, um, 
as you can imagine, I don't uh, agree on leaving the uh, the child alone, uh, walking the dog. Um, what I like, I love to do is getting kids in involved in everything, even walking the dog. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to give the kid the lead and go, bye, see you later, make good choices. So, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So, it's not going to uh, happen. <laughs> not going to happen. No, no, no. no. So what I, I absolutely love, there is this um, uh, a lead called um, made by a company called Stormbridge. And uh, I know this lady because it's local to me and I've had a little input on the design of it as well. And basically the lead is a double clip. So it, it works on front range uh, harnesses as well. But what you can do with it, there is also a, a, um, a handle in the middle of the lead. So you create a loop at the end of the lead and there is a middle one. The middle one is for the grown-up, right? Because if the dog pulls, barks, stops for a poo, whatever, you as the grown-up would feel it because that is the first connection with the actual dog, right? So dog stops or barks or pulls, whatever, for any reason, I'm the grown-up, I feel that. The child holds the end of the lead. So if the dog pulls, I feel it in the middle, but the child doesn't feel anything. So the child doesn't get pulled by accident, doesn't get maybe scared for any reason, nothing happens. Also, if the child at any point goes, I'm not holding this anymore, and let go of the lead, as they do, not because they they hate it or anything, it's just, oh, there is something over there and I'm going to just let go of the lead. Or, uh, I don't know, after a bear, their hand itches. So they let go of the lead, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> for any reason, they might let go. That's fine. I have the dog in the middle. So the dog is not going to go anywhere. It's still safe. And because if they were to let go of that side of the lead, it would literally just fall on either like towards my leg or between me and the dog, but it wouldn't hit the dog as well. So there is no reason for the dog to like maybe be scared or be worried or getting hurt in any way. Um, that way, dog is completely safe if the child let go. Not going anywhere. I've got it. Similarly, if the dog pulls or whatever, the child won't feel anything because I, again, I have the middle. And that is my favorite way of uh, of working with uh, lead walking dogs and children. And again, you have the grown up in the middle, completely safe in, in all situations. Also, if there is a dog approaching while you got the lead, guess what? You grown up are right there, right behind the dog. And if, the dog that comes up is a little bit of a weird one or whatever. If I'm not sure, I also have the child right next to me and I can help. I can get her to do a bit a statue position where they cross their arm over their chest, look down and wait for the dog to go. Or I could just say, oh, just, just wait a second where they'll have a little sniff at their bottom and, and then off they go. So whatever happens, I am there to look after both my dog and my child or my clients, dog and child, or uh, the parent anyway, is there to, to do the job. And that is my favorite way of helping children who really are desperate to walk the dogs. Because, gosh, there is like, there is a the beeline, you know, when, at least when we were, when Molly was little and uh, she had her friends over, can I walk the dog? Can I walk the dog? I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's do it this way. Yeah. So they are, they are, they are holding the lead, you know, and it's, it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And what's that lead called? So the lady that makes it as uh, a company called Storm Ridge, Storm and they're on Facebook. Yeah, they're on Facebook. On Facebook, okay. 
particular because of course you know chihuahuas are not going to pull a child over necessarily yeah. Yeah. Um, but the child might pull the chihuahua yeah yeah um, it's just not safe is it so no. um not but, very nice for the dog when no. they do that no, but to be fair, you know, even a chihuahua, we can't, again, we can't underestimate it. If it's a little, like a girl at six, you know, they're yeah. strong, but they're not that strong. A chihuahua no. really pulling could maybe just mm. pull her on the floor. If she's distracted, she could be pulled on the floor. Yeah, that's you know, true. It's easily done, yeah, yeah, even by a chihuahua. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we've seen an increase in dog attacks on children. Now, I know that the, in these cases, uh, the media... Um, that are in the media the predominantly large breeds of a certain type but in your opinion do you think there is a general increase in dog attack dogs attacking and biting children across all types of dogs including small breeds and if so why do you think that is so on the you know we need to remember that the media don't always give us uh, all the information uh, very often they just go for a general breed just because and they don't necessarily know, um, or you just don't, they don't write the breed at all, so you just don't know what happens, and people tend to assume a lot. So uh, often I really feel that some um, dogs or a certain breed just get the blame, even though they're completely innocent. Um, I really strongly believe that any dog can, uh, can attack if put in, an, in, in a difficult situation. Uh, even, gosh, even a pug can attack, you know what I mean? Get put in a, in, a, in a difficult situation. We discussed this before as well on chihuahuas, not to underestimate them. Um, so um, the increase on uh, dog bite is something that I've, you know, in a way particularly interested in because we are also, um, I'm also part of a campaign run by uh, Hannah Molloy and uh, Mark Abraham. Um, that is called the dog bite problem. We have been at Parliament twice so far uh, discussing this. The first part was on um, what's happening. So there were the discussion of the number of dog attack, which has increased, and the uh, fatalities as well, also sadly on the rise. Um, the second part, which was uh, recently in, uh, in um, uh, March, we discussed, uh, is it the dog? So is it always the dog that um, created it a problem. And the, uh, the outcome of this second talk was the fact that it's not necessarily the big dogs, the usual dangerous dogs at the, at the bitey end of all this. So uh, I really do feel that if we were to understand dogs more, their body language, respect their, uh, their needs and their, uh, their, uh, their wants as such, we wouldn't have as many, you know, as many problems. I also obviously think that supervision from, from parents is, I just can't stress this enough, is imperative. And we often hear of, oh, but I was cooking. So the parent was in, in there in the room, but he wasn't watching. That is not actively supervising. If you're watching uh, a YouTube video or a, or a TikTok video, whatever, with your baby and your dog in the room, you are not actively supervising. Possibly, even if you're reading or listening to this podcast right now, you might not be actively supervising because you're listening to us. So your brain cannot, it's actually been proven that brains cannot multitask, even when you are a woman. <laughs> but, <laughs> so effectively, yeah. if you're concentrating on listening to us right now, you cannot, your brain cannot concentrating 100% on the dog and your child as well. 
So those are the kind of things that lead to a problem more so than the breed. My, obviously, my issue then would be how much more damage can the jaws of a bully dog do compared to the jaws of a chihuahua? We established that, yes, the chihuahua can cause quite a lot of damage, but obviously they are smaller uh, and less powerful of the jaw, uh, the jaw of, a, of a, say, a pit bull, since it's one of the, of the dangerous breed. Uh, but make no mistake that a chihuahua can hurt as well as a people can do, and they can react just as well as a people can do. So I don't, I really don't agree with blaming breeds. I don't agree with blaming anything, but I would really like to see more knowledge. And I especially, obviously we're working with kids a lot. I like, I like to teach children about this because the children to me are the future. And also I like when they go home and go, oh, mom, did you know that if a dog uh, licks their lips, for example, it's not necessarily because they're hungry, but maybe they're a bit stressed. How beautiful would it be if kids could go home with that? Extra so good. Much. Yeah. And that's our aim. So, and uh, a, a chihuahua would lick his lips just as much as a pit bull would. So that's what, that's what I'm, I'm more uh, um, keen on, on people to know rather than thinking, oh, that's a big dog, that's not going to be good, or, oh, that's a little chihuahua, we'll be fine. It's not fair. Yeah, that's dangerous thinking, isn't it? That's just, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. indeed. Um, Have the same emotions, same feelings. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes, exactly. Before we move on to the next question, just quickly, I know this is something that we've covered a lot because it's something that both of us feel passionate about, about, is people telling dogs off for growling, and I see it, nearly every time there's a child involved with the dog is they tell the dog off for growling at the child because the dog should not be growling at the child. It's usually their response. What can go wrong when you tell a dog off for growling at a child? So, yes, you're right. We we see this so often, gosh, so many times. And that's because I I think anyway, our parents almost get upset into thinking, you know, why, why are you your best friends? Why are you growling? But actually, the dog growling is still a polite way for the dog to go, can you please leave me alone? Or can you stop doing what it is that you're doing? So if we listen to the growl and go, right, let's stop this because your dog is upset, then the dog will go, oh, that's it. That's my limit. The growl is all I have to, to the limit I have to reach to be heard, right? If we punish the growl, if we say, don't do that, and the dog will go, oh, all right, okay, I shouldn't do that. What's the next step again? Because I'm not being heard before. The next step is burying my teeth, for example. So I'll do that. Get told off for doing it, right? What's the next step then? Because my limit with growling and burying my teeth, it's not working. Can't do that. Well, then I'm going to go for a little nip and then it escalates to more, uh, more aggravated bites. So effectively... When a dog growls, we should be very grateful to them and say, thank you for telling me. This is really upsetting you. Let's, uh, let's stop it. Whatever it is, if it's uh, just a child screaming, then that might be scary for the dog. So we got to stop that from happening. Or the child's in their face or whatever. Again, we just need to stop that interaction. Yeah, I love that. Be grateful for your dog growling. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, really important early warning system, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like almost an, an underestimated point and uh, completely misunderstood. They think the dog is being mean, but actually it's being kind. It's telling yeah. you, look, 
gosh, how many times do I have to tell you? And we do it. We might not growl like dogs do, but how many times you tell someone, can you stop that? Can you stop that? Can you... Oh my gosh, can you stop it now? You know, and they still carry on. You know, yeah. at one point you're going to just either move away or take that item away. Um, so it's just, yeah, it, it, we all have our limits. Shouldn't I... expect differently from dogs. Yeah. I think if people, there would be less dog bites, mm. people understood more about growling. Yeah, growling. And to be fair, the other body language Pretty is well, sure. isn't it? Yeah. And actually step back away from that growl. Yeah. And all the yeah, other yeah. body language, but yeah. Absolutely. That growl normally, to be fair, what I always say as well to my clients is that if you understand your body language or the dog's body language before, you don't even have to get to the growl. No, you know, the dog doesn't need it. He's been heard before, doesn't have to get to it. But if he gets to it, it's all right. So okay, just yeah. stop whatever is happening <laughs> and, you know, leave your dog alone. Don't tell him off. You go, oh, sorry, buddy, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, that's a really good point because there's so many um, signals that people miss before that growl. Yeah. And then that growl gets told off and then it escalates. So, yeah, just yeah. such an important um, thing. So, we all know chihuahuas have the cute factor, don't they? They have the cute factor. And we talk to many chihuahua owners that have an issue with children running up to them on walks and actually wanting to interact with the dogs and some, in some cases wanting to pick the dogs up. And many people to be talked to now have chihuahuas that are frightened of children mm -hmm. because they've had some negative experiences. So what would you say to those owners who want to keep their chihuahuas feeling safe from those well-meaning children? Yeah. So the first thing is, uh, before we before I address the uh, the you know the Chihuahua's parents, I like to address parents' parents, like uh, children' parents, and uh, I would like to remind everyone that uh, not all dogs will be happy for you to for your child to approach them. So especially when they're little ones. But so as a parent of the, that human, you need to make sure that your child knows and if you have that child they cannot help themselves hold their hand when molly was a, a little a little a little thing and she was starting to walk she had a lead she had a little backpack with a lead attached because i couldn't trust that she would go not to dogs like she would literally go bye <laughs> <laughs> i'll see you later she would like she was quite fast on a little uh, feet as well so i literally had my my child on a lead and they had the dog on the lead it was great um <laughs> when they grow up it's a bit different you can't keep them on their feet anymore but uh so and I, I advocate leads for uh, for children as well. I think they're fantastic. Amazing. So that is an option. If you know that your child is, you know, a little bit more organic <laughs> and might, <laughs> might, might like the wild side a bit more, then hold their hand in a park with dogs. Or, again, a lovely, I, like I said, Molly had this little backpack. There was a Finding Nemo backpack with a lead attached. It was brilliant loved it and I and I know a lot of my friends then also got it. it was quite trendy back then but still still parents with with them so highly recommend those that way as well my hands were a bit more free and Molly also felt more independent because she didn't quite realize that I had the lead when she yeah. was that so a bit like a long line on dogs yeah but not too <laughs> long house line. Too, yeah, no, yeah. No. yeah not too sure. long because then they go they go wild again yeah. <laughs> keep a bit shorter uh, that way so you you as a parent you have a bit more um kind of <laughs> protection of your child um but always constantly even when they are little 
And you think, oh, they can understand, they are starting to. So don't underestimate your child. Constantly remind them, you can't run up to dogs because you're gonna scare them. And this is important as well. A lot of parents say to their children, don't run up to dogs because dogs are dangerous. But what you could be creating is the fear of dogs in children, which you also don't want. But you need to, and also when you need to be realistic. If you are running up, if your child run up to a dog, you are scaring the dog. It's not that the dog turns dangerous, it's dangerous. You are scaring the dog. And maybe the dog might react funny because you are scaring him. So that's very important, a big difference. So please tell the child, no matter how old they are, remind them you can scare the little dog. It's not fair on the little dog. Really important. Then if you are, on the other hand, like if you are the, the, the dog's owner, um, then I would say again, remind the children not to run up to your dog. Have a, a, um, a safety behavior for your dog. I love Meadle, for example, mm -hmm. um, where I, or yeah. I call it Peekaboo because I, I think it's cute. I call it Peekaboo, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it's just awesome. me, I call it Meadle. <laughs> a lot of people, that's why I said Meadle, because a lot of people call it Meadle, don't yeah. I? But yeah, I love, I love Peekaboo. Um, and that, to me, is a great go-through things because if the dog is between my legs, especially if he's a chihuahua, it's a little bit, you know, the, the child is not going to be quite as uh, forward as to, you know, starting to approach me. Yeah. They feel, the human, they feel it's all right to approach the dog, but a bit more reserved, if you like, with the human. Yeah. So with the middle, you have it there. Because even, remember, even if you pick up your dog, which is, you know, generally normally fine to do what you could do you could attract the more attention of the child and the child might reach out and try to touch the dog because you're picking him up and the dog again is is restricted and might not take it that well so in effectively is almost the same as the dog being on the floor and the child uh, trying to reach out for them or even before picking them up so as a as an you know owner of a chihuahua i would use a lovely peekaboo for that personally as a quick uh, uh, quick solution there and then talk to the child oh look, my little dog is a bit scared uh, and approach it differently they can you know if if they know that the dog will be okay after a bit just not quite that um with that certain urgent or without care if you like from the child point of view then um maybe the child can we can call the dog and see if the dog will approach the child maybe you can give a little bit of a treat to the child to throw to the dog and see if the dog would take it but don't try to entice the dog to come to come to the child is about the child the, the dog decision there and explain that to the child like i said we can children understand much more than we give them credit for <laughs> So it's really important to educate them, even if they're very little. Yeah, I love that. I love that, the, you know, the safety, safety behavior of going between your legs on the peekaboo yeah. or a middle. And if the child does want to, if your dog's, if your dog's not, doesn't want a child to get too close, but it's, it's fairly friendly, then maybe tossing a treat over to that dog so it can eat. Yeah. eat that. And that builds a nice association with mm. children and, and that dog as well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. For the future, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it is important to, you know, as a parent that you're not, you're talking to your child about, no, please yeah. do not go approach, approach strange dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like the thing that you make about they don't go to dogs because dogs are dangerous, because that's usually yeah. what people say, isn't it? You know, don't it run is, up yeah. to dogs because they'll bite you. Mm -hmm. I've never really thought about the fact that you yeah. might be Yeah, no, that's a good point. 
Mm. Yeah, because as you know, I, I you know I work with the fear of dogs as well, or we work with the fear of dogs. So that is something that again, before I created the protocol, it didn't quite occur to me. But it's once you start really, you know, started studying about it, why are kids scared of dogs and all that. Suddenly jumped on. I said, "Oh, actually, what do we say to kids? Is don't approach the dogs because the dog is dangerous. Because the dog is going to bite you. Because the mm. dog. But why would you do those things? That's because you are approaching and he's scared of you, and it's not. It doesn't like it. So we shouldn't blame the dog for something that we are causing or our children might be causing. So it's important to let them know that that action is causing." those feelings to the dog and then consequently they might react that way but by telling the child oh look the dog is going to bite you i'm going you know literally i'm going to put the fear of dogs <laughs> or fear of dogs yeah. fear of it's so negative <laughs> isn't it it's, yeah, yeah it's very yeah. negative and yeah. unfair on the dogs you know so yeah 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 changing the language to a more positive one a bit more of a you know this is what the dog's actually feeling yeah absolutely yeah. really important and to be fair mm. we're being we're we are actually, um, in a way, almost lying to the children by saying, oh, the dog is going to bite you, because it's not the whole truth, is it? By being honest with our kids and say, look, you going to that dog is going to upset or could upset the dog because it's going to be scared of you, especially if you want to pick him up. It's going to mm-hmm. be scared of you. You're you know, so big compared to the little doggy. So all those things, if, if we are honest to our ch- with our children, we should point out the reality of it. And the reality is that you approaching the little dog is going to scare the little dog. Mm. Then maybe you might react in a way that you don't like by biting or whatever. But what causes it all is you running up to him. Yeah. So we can avoid that by effectively being honest with our kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely being Yeah, so important. I didn't think yeah. about that before. So if parents are worried about their children not interacting safely with their chihuahuas, can you give us some safe, fun activities that children can do? Uh, I love games with kids. You know, I love I love all things games. For example, they could play a hide and seek, for instance, uh, where they hide and they, then they call the dog to go and look for them. They could play with uh, very like basic things like a little hula hoop not too high make sure that you know it's kept uh to the ground first there is an activity that i absolutely love and is free work um it's something that sarah fisher uh, the ace connection uh advocates and created and is i i love that and i tell you why i love it because uh not only as an activity in itself if you, have, if you haven't seen it before again check out sarah fisher on the ace connection but what you do, you get some bits and bobs. It can be in the garden or in the living room. They could be, if you have more professional things, fine. But otherwise, you could have, I don't know, a couple of books or a box with some treat on top of it, some uh, maybe under something. Um, you could have some chairs and have some treat on it or under it. You could have, uh, um, I don't know, like a couple of broomsticks on the floor to make kind of stepping over them. So much, you know, so much you can recreate with that you can even have a little tunnel you know some bits and bobs and then the dog looks around and find the various streets that you've hidden in in this uh, little course what happens with that the dog is free to make his choices it has fun because he's found these streets in there it's very challenging and enriching because the dog has to work for it but in a positive way 
And the, the child side of things here is that the child can create the course. Like when my daughter was younger as well, she would draw it first, like on a piece of paper, she would like, oh, we're gonna have the yoga mat here, she would say, and put the treat like in an M, because her name is Molly, so it would be shaped like an M, the treat. And she'd be like, I'm gonna put this here, this there, this there. And then we'll try to recreate it in either our living room, if it was uh, too cold outside or in our garden, if the weather would allow it. Um, and it was great. It was great. And very often I loved how she would draw it or with my help, draw it on a piece of paper and then go and recreate it. And it was completely different. <laughs> like nothing was the same. What's this? <laughs> so funny. But she did, she would do it. You know, she would do it all. Tidying up was a different story. Tidying up was like, can you help me, mommy? And she would pick up one item while I do everything else. But it <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and then she would also put the treats. She would go, I'm going to put some cheese in this. Yeah. I'm going to put some fish uh, fish treats in this I'm gonna you know she would choose where to put stuff and also where to spread a little bit of uh, uh, you know spreadable cheese or liver paste whatever she would choose the stuff sometimes I had to help her especially like with like hot dogs or something for a while she didn't want to touch hot dogs because they you know smell and so she'd be like oh I don't want to touch this okay I'll help you with that fine but generally speaking she was fine with stuff um then everything was set up. All right, let's release the beast. <laughs> we would open the, the patio door if he was in the garden or the uh, living room door and let the dog in and have fun. You know, and the dog is looking for things. And as it, uh, she would do all that, she would also smell that Molly had mostly created a course and put the treat in because their scent would be on it. And so yeah. again, it's great. And Molly used to love sitting back and watch her watch a dog sometimes she would film her we have made a, quite a few videos on, on that as well and it was great she would like even talk about it like oh look she's doing that or she's choosing that oh, I think she likes the ham best you know things like yeah. this it's a, it's a fantastic activity it tires the dog out as well which is nice mm. and uh, uh, it's completely safe completely safe yeah I absolutely love that idea I love yeah, that. I word. do. I love that. That's really, really, good. really good idea. And so simple as well. And we've all got bits yeah. and pieces in our house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm thinking for two hours, egg boxes. Small, yes. you know, miniature yeah, yeah, yeah. egg yeah. boxes. Yeah. If I put something underneath an egg box yeah. or on top of an egg box, yeah. cushion, but yeah, all I mean all sorts of yeah, stuff. All sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also with the chi, you can also chihuahua, you can also use uh, I don't know if it's okay for everyone, but um you know those tin where you prepare uh, Yorkshire puddings or, or cupcakes. Oh, yes. Muffin tin. Right. Muffin tins, yeah. yeah. You can hide the treats in there and put like a bowl on top. Uh, yeah. on top of the hidden tree so again you know that she will smell it out and move the ball with the nose or the paw or whatever and find yeah. the tree tender so it's a lovely it's so much you can do yeah, yeah. the la last question oh <laughs> you debbie you have developed a protocol haven't you? you you did mention it just now yeah. to help children with a fear of dogs could you tell us more about that please Yes. Uh, so as I mentioned uh, before, uh, I've noticed how many children were scared of dogs. And uh, I really, I, I felt very sorry for them because, like I said, for me, dogs were always amazing since I was very little. My mother would tell you that she would, she or my brother as well, I have an older brother, would push me in the pushchair and they had to stop every time I'd see a dog because, uh, you know, I love them so much. Uh, yet I didn't. I didn't have my first dog until I was twenty six, so I had to wait quite a while. Um, but still, you know, I, I love dogs. So when I when I would see a child scared of dogs, I always felt so sad 
because they miss out on such amazing, amazing creatures. The other thing was also, you know, listening to the parents going, oh, we can't go to the park because dogs are there, can't go to the beach. And we live in Dorset, so lovely sand here and everything. Mm. And they can't go, especially sometimes of the year when the the, uh, water is open to dogs freely off lead. That's it. Parents could not take their kids there. And nowadays as well, we we um, can bring dogs to so many more places. John Lewis, Wilco, Cafe Nero, Costa now are here, um, allow dogs. So chances are that, you know, you go to a place and a dog will be there. So with a child being scared of dogs, that limits the uh, activities families can do. So I decided I wanted to do something about it. When I looked into it, I noticed that a lot of therapists do an amazing job. Um, what the problem I could see a bit more was that they seem to be very, very knowledgeable on the children's side of things, but maybe not quite as knowledgeable with dogs. So they wouldn't be able to read the fact that a certain interaction would not be good for dogs. And sometimes even some therapists, and I found out that when I started on the protocol and speaking to parents, uh, would not even have any dogs. So the child would work on their, uh, um, um, if you like, virtual relationship with dogs, but never effectively, you know, met a dog. So then they would be, if you like, maybe partially (laughs) cured, if that's even possible. Mm -hmm. Similarly, I met or uh, I spoke to a lot of people who were very well-meaning people and I would go into school or or, uh, talk to their friends and and bring their dog to meet a child to scare the dogs. Again, super like super lovely people, but they wouldn't know like what what they were actually professionally doing with either dog or a child. So I wanted something that was that combined the knowledge uh, of children and the knowledge of dogs, and that's when then I uh, I started creating the protocol uh, to overcome the fear of dogs. And how it works, it's uh, divided in ten sessions. Seven are online and three are face to face. They are online simply because when I started it, I was you know also going to visit some kids and they would. Um, well, I get more distracted at their house. You can print the material out and bring it back. Say that they come up with a toy and then you start looking at the toy and then you know, they stay there like three hours instead of a very short, like 15, 20 minutes <laughs> that is needed. Also, they, the kids themselves were more distracted. While on the screen, you know, you put on a screen and that's it. You got them. They're like zombified. It's perfect. <laughs> so, so online worked really well. So seven online sessions where during that time we teach them about dogs. And that's where the canine profession comes in and, and, the, and the canine knowledge comes in. So we teach them about dogs. During, oh, between sessions rather, they, the kids are given a task or a little game to do during the week or again between sessions where, they, uh, where we use cognitive behavioral therapy to help them to change their mind about dogs, which in a very short uh, explanation, that's what uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral uh, therapy does, is about changing your mind about things. So with some exercises and tasks, that's what we are working on in those seven weeks. And then we meet them face-to-face with a dog uh, and the dog will be assessed by us if either is our dog or uh, someone else's if our dog is not uh, is not suitable for any reason. For instance, if uh, if you have a dog that is not very well, 
physically, you know, health, for health reasons, we don't recommend a dog to be uh, taken to meet the kids because obviously it's not fair on the dog. You know, he'll be might get upset or it might just be in pain walking around and he has to do as well. It's not fair. So there is an assessment to go through. And I always say, hopefully your dog is all right, just because it's so easy to just go, right, okay, doggy, harness on, lead on, off we go. But if not, you can work with a third party dog. And then you meet the child in person and uh, work on building that confidence with no pressure. It's very much child-led, um, but also dog-led. If at any point you see that your dog is not quite happy for whatever reason, we might not be able to work out at that moment, they say, hmm, you're not yourself, your, your body language tells me something's off, then the sessions ends there. Similarly, if the child you know, doesn't want to hold the lead, for example, or doesn't want to do something, they can just say no, and that's perfectly fine. It's never The children are never pressured into anything. And that's the beauty of it as well. Very often, when the child is told, you don't have to do it, it's perfectly fine. So the no is, is understood and accepted. Funny how they go, oh, maybe I'll give it a try. Mm. <laughs> reverse yeah. psychology. So funny. Um, and I think it's because most of the time, and I, I think I do it when it comes to my own child, we feel like we expect too much from our children. And if they say no, we go, oh, come on, give it a try. We push them, don't we? Um, but actually, if they go, I don't want to do it, and you go, that's fine, you don't have to do it. They go, oh, really? <laughs> All right, I'll do it then. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah. And so uh, it's been, like I said, it's been proven to be very successful, and um, all the CADAPRO professionals learn the protocol directly from me now. So uh, every child <laughs> across Britain, and uh, like I said, we're reaching out the world, um, has a chance of not being scared of dogs because effectively one in three children uh, from the uh, last um, uh, statistic from the dog trust was the one in three children is scared of dogs. One in three. That is a lot of kids. Wow, that is a lot of children, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did not know it was, um, mm. God, one and in I, three. I think a lot of it is also to do with, uh, you know, there is a religious factor. Right. I was talking, yeah. I know there is different um part of the Muslim religious, but he was one of the Muslim religious, that he actually explained to me that in his religion, dogs are something something that represent the devil, effectively, something dirty. So if a dog lives in the house, the angels won't come. And I thought, oh, wow, that's God. quite... It's quite poetic yeah. in a way, you know, uh, yeah. but at the same time, it's something I would have never known. I'm, you know, mm. I'm, I'm not, not very religious, actually, but, I'm, you know, I, I'm not Muslim for sure. So I didn't, I had no idea that they felt that way. But obviously that is their belief and I respect it. And so I understand why, ah, okay, then your children will be much more inclined to wanting to be away from dogs because there's something yeah. in a way that they would be negative in their belief. So... Fair enough, there is that. And then there is obviously the fact they might have been witnessed something like a dog bite. They might have themselves be, been bitten by a dog. So that has created the fear. Uh, very, 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 very often is a parent or a grandparent who is scared of dogs. And even, even if it was done unconsciously, they have passed on that fear to the children, uh, even we say sentences, like I said before, don't go to the dog because the dog is dangerous. That is actually from a, an intrinsic, intrinsic way of being scared yourself. 
Mm. I, but effectively, you are scanning the dog. So it's, even little sentences like this can really be very impactful in, in our kids. So again, things like this could then lead a child to be scared of dogs. And if untreated, it doesn't just magically go away. So that becomes an adult that then is scared of dogs. Yeah. And um, we, we live in such a, a dog-focused almost society that, and we're opening up, Lena, like you say, like the cafe near us, all the coffee shops are mm. very much, all the coffee shops, are, a lot of them are dog-friendly now. And yeah. You know, you can't really escape dogs as dogs are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, really. And so if you're exposed to dogs, but you don't, you're still scared. And that's kind of like you're sensitizing yourself even more, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not going to go away, is it? No, no, exactly. And this is also a lot of people have dogs. So say that, you know, your child wants to go and have a play date with a new friend who has dogs can't do that yeah you know if grandma gets a dog that's it you're not gonna see your grandkid again <laughs> but you know or or makes it difficult then you go and visit grandma and the dog has to be uh you know locked in the kitchen for that one. and since covid there's a lot more dogs around anyway Absolutely. a lot of people yeah. have dogs yeah 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 it's a big yeah. big 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 issue this has been an amazing and fascinating episode debbie it's been really lovely to talk to you where can people find out about you how you work what you do and how they if they have a child that is frightened of dogs where can they go so to wherever you are in the uk and again across the world now uh, you can find your local kids around dogs are poo professional if you go to our website kids there is a, a bit on the menu that says find your approved professional and you type in your postcode or your uh, the name of your town and your closest one will appear. If for any reason it doesn't, you can always email me at kidsaroundogs.gmail.com and I'd be more than happy to help you find someone. All our cataproof professionals are qualified to use the protocol to overcome the fear of dogs and to specialize in working with families and schools. So we can help with, you know, with anything really, kids and dogs related. And we'll put all of that in the, sh in the show notes. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a really, really lovely chat with you ladies. Thank you been awesome so much so much value for our listeners and uh, such an important topic as well i hope that you've enjoyed this episode with our special guest debbie luckin from kids around dogs to make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes please make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts and if you would like to support the show please remember to like follow subscribe tell your friends you can find us on facebook at the chihuahua podcast and we'll see you next time.